This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. For us, our brand reflects exactly who we are, and that's really interesting because it feels a little bit vulnerable sometimes as we look at it and we're like, oh my gosh, this is us. But we're taking us and putting it out in the world and it's returning. And it's pretty cool to watch that happen. And I guess I would encourage people to be present with their brand and to allow themselves to sit with their brand and let it reflect them. Because I think our world has a lot of very polished things and I think people are inundated with it. This was Erica Foyt who in November of 2017, while pregnant with her first child, started a natural deodorant line, which is vodka and whiskey based, together with her husband, Jason. The company is named Pit Liquor, and I fell in love with the quirkiness of the founders and their soon-to-be brand. This is one of the few episodes of a company that is so young that it is hard to call them a brand yet. But I can bet you that I will have them back in a few years and that based on the brand philosophy, their amazingly cool brand name and their innovative product, that they will turn into a known and beloved brand within the year. And before we dive into the show, a quick thank you to my new Creative Brand Mentorship Circle members, Pier Paolo Valletto from Turin, Italy, Donald Walker from Vancouver, I believe, and Carol Summers, who I do not know where she is from. Join them and support this show by going to patreon.com slash hitting the mark and we get to hang out on a monthly call. Here is my conversation with Erica and Jason. You guys are one of the few guests who I actually met in person prior to having uh, them on the show. You were showcasing your unique product at a summit in San Francisco, and I loved the name. And on the spot, I actually invited you to be on Hitting the Mark. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. It was very fun meeting you. Thank you. Yeah, like likewise. Um, you actually also gave me a sample of your natural deodorant. And since then, I actually reordered it and am having my daily morning shot of whiskey. And I'm loving it. <laughs> good, how did, good. <laughs> um, how, did you, how did you realize that you wanted to spend your life selling deodorant? I mean, how, how did this all come about? <laughs> When we actually decided this, our families both laughed at us because it was so not in our wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> uh, we're not a natural fit for, I guess, the kind of people we are because we're kind of, I don't know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> well, T tell us. Tell us. Do you want to tell? tell? Yeah. So Erica was pregnant with our, our daughter and <laughs> she was using a regular traditional deodorant and would get cysts in her armpits and she would end up um, always unhappy with it, but natural deodorants didn't work. And so and they give me rashes. Like I have really sensitive armpits, which is an, an annoying, but true. I have very strange armpits. And, and you so have the perfect, that, uh, the perfect armpits for this company, right? You are the perfect tester. I sure do. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> 
So while that was going on, I asked her to stop using traditional deodorants and for she, the baby. For the baby. Mm-hmm. And she asked, um, she asked or challenged me to come up with something that worked that was natural. And so I read medical textbooks on deodorant and underarms. Like and, any normal human right, being would do. Exactly. <laughs> and, and came up with a formulation that works. I ended up spraying hand sanitizer in my armpits one day because I was just at the end of my rope and he kept he kept pushing me and I was in the bathroom and hand sanitizer was physically in reach. So I grabbed it and threw it on my pits and I was like, there, you happy? And he goes, well, no, because that alcohol, he's a materials engineer. So he goes, well, no, that alcohol is made from a petroleum base and it's not actually good for your body. And I was like, I'm out. I don't care. You go ahead and read your books and buy me something that's good. <laughs> And then he and did. That's how, and that's how. And that's how it started. So you 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 had to in, yeah. in, invent it. Um, when when did the liquor become part of that? Or have you already been so frustrated that there was always liquor next to you? There was always liquor next to us, but I was pregnant, so we weren't. I was not imbibing, and I asked Jason not to. That, but, well, that's uh, why that's why so, Jason did the research on the parenthesis, right? Exactly. It's like I just can't handle being away from it. But uh, no, it was like he he realized at the end of the day with the hand sanitizer, my armpits didn't stink. And he was like, well, if that works, then we need to look at other alcohol options. And it was seriously about the time that he said, what about whiskey? But I just lost it. And I was like, I can't anymore with you. (laughs) But then he stuck with it. And he spent about a year literally reading every available medical textbook about it and doing all this research and he was ordering weird herbs from all over the world and teas and like all this stuff. And then he created this product and said, and he used it on himself every day. And he would ask me to smell one armpit and then the other and which one smells better. And (laughs) I was pregnant. So my nose works really well. (laughs) And yeah, by the end we had something really effective. And then we mentioned it to like friends just casually because people talk about you know products that are not to their liking or whatever and we were like yeah we came up with our own deodorant and they were saying oh let us try it so we did and then they would tell their friends and then they would tell their friends and we started giving away so much it got expensive and we thought well either our friends are just really nice or it's a really good idea so we started a (laughs) facebook group and started giving it away and asking people for feedback and they would respond that they liked it and you know, change this one thing or this one thing happened. And so we made changes based on feedback and then launched a Kickstarter, figuring it's a low risk way to figure out if there's a market for a, for a product. I have no marketing experience, but neither does Jason. And I had a new baby at the time. So my brain was like halfway gone anyway. And I thought if we can do this, then it's a good sign. And we ended up getting more than almost twice, I guess, almost twice of what we were looking for in funding, which we had a absurd goals so we at first thought oh we failed and then we were like oh no (laughs) we got more money than we were looking for which means there's and we don't know what we're doing so that means there's a market and we just need to start start working on this beast and that we so we started a company and you had the product pretty much finished at the time that you did the kickstarter right because you tested so much with friends yeah yeah and we'd been giving it out online and asking people for feedback on the packaging and also, like, you throw a glass bottle in the mail and ship it and see if it arrives. And if it doesn't, <laughs> then you get a different one and <laughs> wrap it That's differently. That's true. Those, those are obstacles as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you don't know unless you try it. So we would just throw it in the mail and be like, well, that didn't work or this did. And 
that's that's amazing. Are there any there. issues with with alcohol being contained in 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 the product? I guess not, right? Because it's such a minimal amount of alcohol, right? Well, no, it's actually quite a lot of alcohol percentage wise, and we just have to understand the rules around it and make sure we're operating within them. Since there's no product like ours, we follow like laws around three different products. So there's the vanilla extract lobby that changed all the laws back in the 1920s and hmm. um, during prohibition time, they they've you know lobbied to make sure that they could keep selling vanilla extract. And in order to do that, they had to make their product taste quote bad according to a panel of people's arbitrary opinions. So we put bitter teas and roots in it and it tastes pretty bad. In salt. Yeah. In essential salt. oil. Yeah, so it tastes pretty bad. So it's legal for us to sell it to minors as a non-alcohol product on store shelves and things like that, like in grocery stores. So we overcome mm -hmm. that hurdle. And then um, we comply with shipping regulations um, in terms of zoning and all that kind of stuff. And it helps a lot that it's, that that first step is crossed. We're a denatured alcohol product. So it's not considered whiskey anymore. Um, and then what's the other one? There's another rule we follow. Well, there's, I mean, there was shipping, which you already kind of mentioned, but shipping alcohol can be a little bit complicated and it's extremely right. expensive to ship it outside of the United States, which has mostly to do with tax because all of the other countries are worried that they're, that you're somehow going to not pay the alcohol taxes um, and yet drink the alcohol anyway. And so it just gets very complicated to ship anywhere other outside of the country. At this time, I'm sure as we grow, we'll get, you know, we'll get to the place where we're willing to take on kind of those legal tasks. But at this point, we mostly ship in the U.S. We also do Canada and Great Britain. But again, yeah, shipping there is crazy because they do view it as a liquor product. And that's pretty amazing because a lot of the startups that I work with, they, they, they all feel like they're disrupting a category. They're creating a category. And I'm like, no, you're not. You fit into a category mm -hmm. and then see what you can do, right? But um, but you actually really created a category. I mean, there has been yeah. no, you know, I mean, especially the way that you market it with, you know, with, with, with whiskey and vodka. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's not just containing alcohol. It's actually part of your brand. Is that, is, is that, right. is that I mean, this must be easy to market to people once they understand it you know the, the idea of you know when we met you very quickly you know told me that no fabian you're not going to smell like you just came from a from a rager you know like you're actually going to you know right. you're not even going to smell it right because it it uh, you know it, it quickly dissipates um but how how difficult is that like if you're on a on a store shelf right so so you know how, how is that journey to whole foods or sprouts because of your product. So it's an interesting one. And we've been finding that as, as the world of natural products has begun to evolve more and more, it has become easier for us to reach customers. So even just during the time of running this company, the barriers to entry with customers has grown smaller because people are beginning to recognize that basically anything that doesn't come from our natural environment isn't actually made for humans to work with physically. Like what natural actually means is from nature. So actually things that were, that have grown in the environment that humans have been in for all the time that we've been here. So if you think about that and you think about the comparison of a petroleum based product that is made, like it's manufactured and manipulated to become something 
versus a natural process like distillation that occurs with things that grow out of the ground, it kind of, it resonates with people. People are reading the backs of packages and they're becoming intelligent. So I feel like we've had a big uphill climb to educate our consumer, but we're also finding that they are educating themselves as well. And the world is looking for things like this right now. So it, it it's equal parts. There's, we still get the same old jokes, the, oh, the cops are going to pull me over. <laughs> and you're sitting there thinking, how are they ever going to know you have whiskey in your car? Like they're, <laughs> unless you're driving stupid and why None. did you drink your deodorant? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we get that. And that's probably the most common thing people say. And it is one of the drawbacks of our branding, mm. but it's also totally unique. And when people sit and think about it, they laugh. They have, they have a little fun sometimes at our expense and we're okay with that. And, and they enjoy that and it sticks with them. Well, and it's the drawback, but it's also what draws people in, right? I mean, it is, it is exactly. what makes you, you special and, and, and interesting. Um, so, but, but it is most probably a little bit of a roadblock to, to go completely mainstream, but that's just one day at a time. Um, and I mean, your, your name is so great on so many levels. Uh, let's talk about that Thank name. You. Because, 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 you know, when I first <laughs> met you guys, A, it was, it was hilarious because literally I was um, like, like I have been every five years or so, I go on this, um, on this journey of, you know what, I think it's time again for me to find a natural deodorant that actually works. Um, and, and, mm -hmm. and I started this journey literally, I think, three, four days before I met you guys up north. Um, and, you That's know, awesome. There were only a couple of stands of like, you know, startups that were, you know, kind of like showcasing the products. And I was just running towards mm -hmm. you with open arms. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I need something that works. Is yours going to work? And then <laughs> and then I saw pit liquor and I'm like, oh, my God, it's hilarious. You got to be on my show. And, and ever since then, I actually <laughs> I actually use your, your deodorant, which is such a crazy, crazy way um, of, uh, of, of finding finding a natural deodorant that uh, that works for me, you know, which doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone, but it but it does work for me. And I know it's a very sure. Personal, personal journey, and I'm not, you know, endorsing you as if you paid for it because you have not. But um, going back to the name, so when I when I first met you guys, um, I saw Pit Liquor, and I just thought it was so great on so many levels. Right? Um, what went into the creation <laughs> of that name? I mean, when you know, how did you guys come up with it? Was it a huge brainstorm, or did it just happen overnight, or how did that work? Well, that yeah, it was a long process it was all i mean the ultimate name was something that erica came up with and um we made a list of names that we liked and we just kept adding to the list every time we thought of anything and because we were like we're not gonna say pit liquor it's not like it came up pretty early <laughs> and we we're like that just that's so gross and it's so there's so many problems with it so we kept like trying to come up with something better and and we would just keep coming back to it so then we trialed it with other people and we were like, Hey, you know, we're thinking of these five names or whatever. I can't even remember all of them, but, and Pitlicker was one of them. And people were like, I really don't like that one. And then they'd write us back later and be like, I really like that one. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and that's kind of been our ongoing feedback is people are like, Oh, I really like some people laugh and they get it and they, and they just laugh. And that's what we figured is we're like, well, we have a place in this world and we get to have an impact on people Yeah, and we can, you know, be markety or we can just make people laugh. And, you know, if they laugh at us and they walk away, laughter is good for your body. So at least we did something good for them, even if they didn't buy our product. 
and um just kept coming back to it and we're like you know we've got to we've got to just do this it's the only thing that really fits it's punchy it's strange <laughs> and it and we're really strange so we were like this it works the product is really strange it's good like nothing describes it better than pit liquor and and strange works right because you know people are people are you know excited when they see something that's different right i mean i had um the founder of liquid death um which is water it's actually literally water in a can um uh, liquid death i had him on on my podcast and i just saw on his instagram that they actually had um a huge um a huge um you know police and and fire um you know you know drill um because somewhere in colorado someone received um a six pack or 12 pack of liquid death um and they literally didn't they thought this is explosive or this is a death threat and so they had like all of these like fire trucks come out the street to like to like look at that package and, and but he's got his story you know it's 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 the idea that you have a name and you have something that is that is different from from everyone else um in the industry but on the flip side with with pit liquor you also when when you go to pitliquor.com I, i i believe it actually um throws you over to your company website which is distilled bath and body now to me distilled bath and body is that very neutral conservative kind of name that says it all versus the product name which is pit liquor how how did the two of them kind of relate like what is what is what is going on with these two brands <laughs> so basically pit liquor is kind of it's a little edgy it's funny it's meant to make people laugh but we kind of wanted to make sure that we had some flexibility that if in the future we wanted to do something that was a little more comfortable a little more mainstream we didn't have to have something like pit liquor on the front of the bottle still and that so makes a lot of sense we, yeah so just kind of for variety and i guess um for future opportunity but just to just to dig into this a little a little more um uh you also offer olive oil soaps though um so is that mm -hmm. is that expansion away from the liquor focus is that a little dangerous because you've got distilled bath and body and then you know everything is about is kind of about about that alcohol content yeah see we thought about that a lot and um the soap is actually made by a local artisan it's not made by us and it's the only thing we do that's not made by us but we kind of thought about it and thought the whole point of our product and our brand is that we we will not like i guess one of the main lines that we have is we will not deviate from using organic food grade ingredients and that's like a very solid line for us in the mm -hmm. sand so we believe that what goes on your body should be able to go in it i don't i don't know jason and i like we've we've listened to several of your episodes and have also looked at the branding for some really smart brands out there. And I've got to say, like, we're not branding genius. We didn't come into this with a ton of branding experience. And if I was to name our company again, I honestly might name it something different. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know if that's okay to say. <laughs> no, that's of just course. very honest. Like, no, of I course. might name it something different because I've wondered, like, we really like having alcohol in, in our deodorant and it makes yeah. it different. It makes it funny. But I've wondered if, like, to really get down to the essence to uh, distill it, to be funny, um, if we <laughs> if we could focus more on, like, the food-grade nature of our product is really what sets us apart in our market. And we are, everything we do is something that, like, every ingredient is food-grade. And we think hard about the sourcing, and we're really committed to being organic. So, I don't know. We've even thought, like, most people don't recognize the company name, and we may 
change it at some point just because that may fit better. I don't I, know. Yeah, looking into looking into um, the mirror ball, um, you know, you have, you have a seed round coming up, I think uh, we, we chatted about um, yes. in, in the beginning a little bit offline. Um, and you're, you're still a very, very young company. And, you know, I saw you guys and I saw Pit Liquor yeah. and I thought this, is, this was the most fun thing ever. Now you surprised. I'm like, I got to have these people on the show. I think it is fantastic that you're still in this, in this um, you know, interim stage where you could easily change this bath and body you could change the name to something that is more yeah. that has more longevity um, for the company and pit liquor is one of your key products and it's really fun and it really works for that for that product but you can have all kinds of other products so there's still a lot of a lot of you know brand brand thoughts um, that, uh, that that can yeah. happen you know over the years which is which is great and hopefully you will get your seat round quickly and uh, you can make that happen <laughs> but you, you know on, on the flip side I think it is so extremely important that founders have their own their own voice and I, I think with with all these names and and with your tagline quench your stench <laughs> which is also so hilarious it, I mean it really comes Thank out you. that this is you know this is this is personal and you know the copy overall is very is very fun and engaging um th there was an insta post um about your your history which of course I was drawn to in preparation for the podcast um And you wrote in it, um, you know, so we started researching the steps we'd need to take to turn this into something more than a couple of people mixing pit drinks at home. <laughs> and I just think pit, <laughs> mixing pit drinks is just, I mean, is this all spur of the moment? Um, or does it involve like team brainstorms when you come up with, with, with pieces like that? Is, is it really just you guys just writing? It's just us writing. That's awesome. Um, so I have my previous life I was an editor and a writer so I've kind of got this quirky side to myself where I like to I don't know word riff and yeah uh, our, we have two employees as well and they're they're kind of like that too especially the girl who runs our social because I'm not a gifted photographer not by any stretch <laughs> so that's interesting because that's that would so have been my her. you know given given the small nature of your of your of your company right now or or brand this I would like to call it because I really think it is turning into a brand at this point um you know I was I was looking over your company profile and who's working um there and I did see um you know someone being in charge of social media and I was wondering well how does this mm -hmm. work if there's this copy that you know if it's if it's only erica writing how is it possible that but but you just really try to find you know these these kind of like you know verbal soulmates i guess you know to make to make this happen because, yeah yeah you don't have standards yet right i mean you don't have a big brand book or any standards no. it's just like look this is who we are this is how we feel do you feel like it well let's do this right <laughs> yeah we do that and we have i mean i have some experience with creating um linguistic standards because of my experience in editing that's probably one of my strongest areas in terms of creating continuity is verbal oh, because perfect. of my past so we do sit down and talk about like we're going to talk about things with this language and we're not going to talk about it with this language oh great and um one of this is funny but every time we hire someone which we've hired more than two people we've just had people leave and come and go and it's been it's been great but yeah two people's right where we're at right now when we hire we ask people hey do you like puns And it's, we like to ask a lot of questions that throw people off. And that's one of our questions <laughs> is, do you like puns? And it's like a no win question because Jason loves puns and I do not. And so either way, <laughs> you're fine. And either way, one of us is going to be like, oh, bummer. Um, so one of our employees loves puns and the other one doesn't. And so you can kind of tell, like, if you get to know who we are, you can tell who's writing what. But, but we are fairly similar. And when I send out emails, we do get together and talk about our content that we're going to try to focus on weekly. 
And when I send emails, then my employees tend to pull language from my emails and from the com mm, communication yeah. I do and put it into what they say. So we do have some continuity, but it's mostly because our employees are just ragingly awesome and they work hard to try to keep things stream streamlined. That's that's great. I I I know I also read um, that you that you gave away tons of free product in the beginning in exchange for honest feedback or for reviews, which is such a smart move yep. in the consumer product space to do as a bootstrap company. Um, did you ever go against your early customer, you know, insights or comments, and did it totally gutsy move, like solely based on your instinct, where you thought, okay, well they say A, but we're gonna give you B. Um, I mean, yes, when we did our, when we did our review of our name, actually of Pitlicker, it was one of those things where a lot of people, it was pretty split and people were like, I don't like it. And other people really liked it. And we just went with our gut on it. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Yeah, because you could have gotten rounds we and rounds of naming after that and said, well, since they're split split, you know, we're not right. going to go with the name. Yeah. Right. And we were just like, I was like, no, it rings. One of the things that led us to our name kind of interestingly was we like to listen to the people who are a lot smarter than us. So we listen to like, um, like things that Sarah Blakely has to say, Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Yeah. And one of the things she said is she has that K sound in her name because people respond to it and they find it, it's like a little edgy and it's funny and people tend to really like names that have a K sound. <laughs> so we thought Pitlicker, it's good. And, and then also quench your stench starts with a K sound, even though it's a Q. <laughs> um, so we just went with it and we were like, yep, this seems good. So we actually went against our, our friends and, and fans advice on that, which was interesting. And then also we had a lot of people who were like, you should be more subtle with the alcohol. And we didn't, we were just <laughs> like, no, it's part of what makes us who we are. And we had a lot of people who said we shouldn't package in glass because it's going to break, but we have very strong feelings about plastic. Yeah. Um, and we figured out how to ship glass and it does just fine. Yeah. So honestly, the breakage rates on the glass aren't any different than they would be with plastic, though people really worry about it. Interesting. So I guess, yeah, we've gone against a fair bit of the, of the feedback, but generally only when people, like when it comes up against something that we feel like we know better. We tried out, um, oh, what was it? Absinthe. When we first did deodorant, <laughs> it was one of the things because it smelled so cool. And um, we had one of our testers, only one, but one person who had, she, she couldn't determine if it was the deodorant or what, but gave her a pretty good adverse reaction. And we were like, you know what? If, it, if there's any risk of it causing this, we're just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So we did not do absinthe. And so there have been a lot of things that we have really changed based on people's feedback. But right. yeah, a couple things that we've thought, we, we know this and we're going to stick with our gut. But, you know, I mean, that's something that I learn um, from all of my guests is that the ones that um, that don't look at data they or, or feedback, they lose. And the ones that solely focus on data and feedback, they lose as well. Right. It's like you have to really you have to pick and choose. And data can be wrong, too, because data is just input by people. Right. I mean, it's like whoever created the algorithm. Exactly. Um, so. Um, so, no, well, I, you I, can read data so many ways and oh, you've got to know what your brand is. And know what you're trying to do in order to go forward. 
Right, and and for you it makes a lot of sen- sense that um, you know you you once there is is a rash or there's a negative um, you know um, um, you know skin reaction like with the absinthe, then of course you say no because that was the whole reason you started the company. Like even for you to find a workaround right. was not worth it. You're like, no, this is one of our fundamental reasons why we exist, right? Yeah, exactly. Like this is a no compromise zone, and so you just don't compromise on it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, yeah. you know, even though <laughs> even though you're 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 early in your company, I mean, you're up and running, you're shipping, you're having super fans, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything is growing. Um, what what does branding mean to you at this point? Because you were you I mean, everything that you've done branding wise, it sounds like has been very much, you know, friends and family and bootstrapped yourself and just kind of like getting it out there. Mm-hmm. But what does it what does it mean for you? Or what, what will it mean for you in the future? How would you how would you describe branding? So we're actually, it's, this is a really good time to be talking to you because we're kind of digging deep into our branding right now yeah. and looking at what are we and what are we not. And we're trying to kind of break it down because I feel like we've, like you said, we've bootstrapped everything. We've worked with um, people we know for our design and with all that work. And that's been good. It's been really good. But going forward, I feel like we need something that we don't have. And that's that like that person who sees branding in a, in a light that goes beyond what we can understand because we're not branding experts. Yeah. So we're kind of in a place of, of examining our branding right now and trying to figure out where exactly it's going. Cause we're currently towing two lines. We've got this natural holistic, like really earth friendly body friendly vibe. And then we've got this, like, I'm going to slap you in the face with pit liquor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and it, it's very hard to stand out with that as I've heard you talk to other people about because everyone's doing it. And so we're trying to figure that that exact leap out right now. Well, exciting. So I guess yeah. branding is an evolving state for us right now. And we're kind of, we're looking at it and figuring out what our strong points are and what our weak points are and being pretty critical with ourselves, which is a fun thing. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fun. And I mean, I, I guess I guess that um, that takes me to a question which will be very difficult for you to answer, but maybe it will also help you, um, you know, d- define your brand a little bit more. I don't know if you had time to, to give mm-hmm. this a little bit of thought, but um, you know what's coming. Um, you know, the, the, the yeah, one the one yeah. word that can describe <laughs> your brand. I have been thinking about it. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes it really helps my my um, you know my my founders on the on the podcast to actually really have to do that exercise because it is kind of like the only thing that's more mm-hmm. of an exercise that I give up front. But what is your brand DNA? It is a really good question. I mean, I think that we're quirky and we're okay with that. <laughs> that's great. Like we don't yeah. need to make sense. We don't need people to feel like it's okay when people come up to us and go liquor, isn't that abrasive or it, you know, we're okay with sitting here and being like, this is, this is two opposing things that are sitting in the same room as each other and they work. And you customer are going to have to jump through those hoops in order to work with it. And people mm-hmm. want to, because they look at it and they enjoy, they enjoy the playful tone. Mm-hmm. They enjoy that. It doesn't all make sense to them. And they enjoy the, like the work, I guess, that we put them through as we go pit liquor and mm-hmm. natural, healthy, and also weird. Mm-hmm. And so we're quirky. I think that's probably. I, 
I really like that um, for for a lot of reasons because a um, it's very ownable because no one really no one really thinks like that um, as, as as a company and that's that's always that's always the big danger when you start to you know go more into real branding right it, it, you know that it that it should never ever lose that it can't get corporate it can't become like everyone else mm-hmm. right that's 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 the important thing that you never and you know I mean Steve Jobs said that very famously right but that that idea that you know you got to stay you got to stay foolish. Right, <laughs> so you you, you got to keep that. I like that. Keep that idea. Keep that idea of the quirkiness going, and it's true. I mean, even the idea of putting whiskey into into a deodorant is you know it's quirky. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's weird. It's different. It's fun, but yet it is totally scientific, mm-hmm. and it took a year or plus, right, and lots of tests, and it's it's yeah. something that is actually very serious because it it does it does create um, you know skin uh, skin reactions, um, and you know we all know about deodorants and the stuff that's in there and uh, that's mm-hmm. why I think everyone is seeking a solution to that so um, you know on the one hand you know that, that the quirkiness can't take away from from the seriousness of the actual the actual product yep. but um, you know you, you, you're a couple um, you know your startup is still relatively young um, but what would be it is, yep. one piece of brand advice uh, for founders um, kind of as a little takeaway from this you know have you, you I mean you learned most probably four 1,798 uh, or so, um, you know, lessons along the last two <laughs> plus years. But is there something that you mm-hmm. feel like, you know, that, that you really, that, that, that you would like to share where you think this would be with, with any brand, you know, don't do this or do this? I guess, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm new in terms of like, this is all, I'm not a branding expert, so I'm going to throw that out there. I know I've said it a few times, but <laughs> I, Are you self-conscious on, on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I think the thing that's risen to the top for us a lot is that we look at ourselves and we continue to realize how much, for us, our brand reflects exactly who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting because it feels a little bit vulnerable sometimes as we look at it and we're like, oh my gosh, this is us. But we're taking us and putting it out in the world and it's returning and it's pretty cool to watch that happen and i guess i would encourage people to be present with their brand and to allow themselves to sit with their brand and let it reflect them because i think our world has a lot of very polished things and i think people are inundated with it and i think people are tired of looking at really polished things And I think something that kind of hiccups or does something strange or looks a little human or looks a little more, (laughs) I don't know, makes people stop. That's a human element. And I think being yourself within your branding is a really big deal because you're not going to sit there and go, I don't know, did we depart from our branding? Did we not? If you're doing something that really is you... It's it's gonna resonate. I don't know. That's that's is, what I would say to it people. It is so and that's, true. It's it been is the thing that surprised me. No, it is so true, and that's why I don't have branding experts on my podcast. Right? I have founders, and founders are in different stages, mm-hmm. and they have different backgrounds. Uh, some of them are very, very brand centric, and they bring lots of experience onto mm-hmm. the job. Some of them have been with the company for ten plus years, and they know. Um, or some have pivoted and learned the hard time. But I, all of them, literally all of them, say exactly what you say. What what you just. 
said, um, it, which which I hear from everyone. The idea of um, you know being true to yourself, um, and that if you really enjoy what you do, um, people are going to feel that, and that's true. I mean that it's true from an mm -hmm. intern who enters a Fortune 500 company, and that's true from a product that you buy for the first time and you read the copy and you start kind of like understanding the brand and you go to the Instagram yeah. page. And I think that is the idea of polished. And you talked about this a little bit. I mean, polished very often feels fake and really the, the best brands yeah. are as far from fake as possible. Right. I mean, real true brands that people fall in love with. Exactly. They're it's, you yes. know, they're personable. Um, and you're, you know, if you're, if you're too polished, it's not very personable, right? It takes a long time to become personable with right. something that's polished. So, um, I, I hope that you will keep this along your 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 branding journey, and you're not being pushed too much uh, too much into a corner when you expand, because that is the big problem, right? As you as you expand the brand, right. um, and you start suddenly having a hundred people work for you, and um, you know your your um, product is in every single Whole Foods and Sprouts and God knows where, then at some point, you know, keeping that that culture alive. And Tony Tony Shai of uh, of Sappos did such a good job with that, right? Keeping that keeping that awkwardness and that fun alive is I think going to turn more and more into your number one hmm. goal over the next years you know far away from product development I think you're right I mean even just with the growth we've had we've had to be very conscious about trying to continue to keep real people present in what's going on and it does get harder when you get bigger yeah I think you're right <laughs> and, right. and so the final the final question um spray on or roll on deodorant is it a personal preference or rather different benefits <laughs> well how gross are you willing to be on your podcast all right I'm gonna you know what you. let's go for so. it let's go for it uh this is going to okay. be rated differently Wait. this this one episode <laughs> excellent because we're going to talk about armpits and armpits make people really uncomfortable huh. it's funny but they really do um, I, I feel like I'm starting to like sweat currently. And, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, good. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> this is personal about me. If you want to talk about real, we'll get real. So I have really strange armpits and I have this amazing ability to make the deodorant bottle, the roll on bottle smell like my armpit. I don't have really, really foul armpits, but they're just really strong, I guess. And so I prefer the spray because it's hygienic and you're not touching your armpit with the same thing every day. And so when I get to the end of the bottle, it doesn't stink. Yep. Um, and then I also, I have this other fun quirk with my armpits and I'm unusual. We get this feedback from customers very rarely. Um, and we tested it on a bunch of people and we couldn't even find people who could replicate what happens to me. So they didn't make the deodorant bottle stink. And then I also put lint into the bottle and I don't know how I do it because I shower and then I put on my deodorant. But by the end of the bottle, I've got this ball of lint in there and it looks really gross. <laughs> so I know uh, this is super gross. But so I really prefer the spray. But we have people who really prefer like a roll on application because they're much more used to that feeling of putting their deodorant on physically with an application. So I'd say it's up to you. So it's more it's um, more if you have long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, more about the stimulation. It's personal right? preference. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if you have strange armpits like me and they make funk and you get your bottle and you get to the end and it stinks, let us know. We'll give you a refund and you guys can use the spray from then on. 
<laughs> and that is the part of hitting the mark that is the TMI part. Um, no, it's, um, you know, I was, I was just interested, right? Because you have both products and they're exactly the identical product. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, is there something that actually is, you know, are, are there real, you know, different benefits? But I think to different people, there are different benefits, you know, um, you know, just by the way that yeah. they, the way that they use them. But otherwise, it stays on the same way. It has the same duration. It's yeah. the same thing. And that's what's important. So um, exactly like, yeah, some like we put it in gyms and at yoga studios and we give them the spray because you don't want to use somebody else's you know, right. roller bottle. So that's, there's, yeah, that's an yeah. easy, that's an easy, it's just varies depending on the customer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> We're no longer in the TMI zone. <laughs> exactly. We have exited. Um <laughs> So yeah. listeners, <laughs> listeners who fell in love with pit liquor, and quite frankly, how could you not? Um, uh, I did so for <laughs> sure. Um, where where can they get their pits drunk? I guess where where do they so go? get your stench quenched at? Uh, <laughs> you can go to distilledbathandbody.com or pitliquor.com to spell liquor with a Q U, not a C K. You don't actually have to lick your pits. And um, <laughs> if you are local to us in Colorado, you can also buy it at Lucky's Market in Fort Collins or at the Food Co-op. And we are working on expanding. Ooh, ooh. Um, since this podcast goes live <sighs> this Friday, um, we're going to be on Nordstrom's Hot Look. And that's a big discount channel that Nordstrom runs. Oh, cool. So if they're wanting to buy that over the weekend, we've got a big sale going on with Nordstrom. There so head to their Hot Look section and buy us there. Perfect, perfect plug that um, people will definitely um, appreciate. And from my end, um, I I wish you so much fun with your branding. Um, moving into the next, um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, twelve twelve months or so, I think things will things will will adjust, things will mature, um, and uh, yeah. I would love to have you be a guest that comes back in maybe a year, year and a half, when maybe the brand is 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 mature cool. and it's very different, and we look back of, um, you know, what what happened in between. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I think there's going to be a lot of change in the next year. Awesome. This is really exciting. Well, thank you, Erica. And say thank you to thank Jason, you. who I know had to drop off because your little one um, needed some, um, you know, TL TLC. So, um, she you did. Know. Yeah, I will say that to him as well. And thank you, Fabian. This is so awesome. Absolutely. I loved having you on. And um, we are talking at some point in the future. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Perfect. Thank you. This was Erica and a few minutes of her husband, Jason Foyt. It is this diversity in founders and venture capitalists on my show that gets me so excited to record a new episode every two weeks. If you share my enthusiasm and if you gain valuable entrepreneurial skills and brand strategy knowledge out of my show, please consider becoming a patron with a monthly support of as low as $5.95 just to keep this show going. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only, the amazing, the producer duo that I can luckily call myself one half of. Happiness one. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.